0: Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. Um, When we picked this series, I picked this topic, and we we worked together on it. I've looked back over my notes the last 10 years I've been here. Every time we talked about fear, I noticed I'm the one that talked about it. So, um, really, but I tell you what, um, when we went over this series about a few months ago, we never knew the gravity of this day just talking about fear because of where our country is right now. If you haven't been looking at the TV or hearing, reading the news about our our country and we're trying to figure some things out, it can really rock you to the core and get you nervous about some things of where we're going. But for believers, it's just a bump in the road because God is our source. So... Well, we can talk about fear. I'm going to talk about a God perspective, and I really want to encourage you, and I want to share something with someone this morning. I don't know who it is, you know, but God is working on your behalf right now. Not you worry about anything, that he loves you, and his answers are coming right away. And I don't know who that's for this morning, but I want to let you know. Be encouraged, because our God never sleeps. He's always awake, ready to work on our behalf. So can we go together in prayer, and then we're going to go right into the Word and have a great time talking about fear, and no one's going to be nervous. Everyone have their Bibles this morning? All right, because I'm going to have you go through a bunch of scriptures. I'll be up here at least two and a half hours. (laughs) Okay? Old school Pentecostal, so we'll preach. Then I'll feed you tonight, and I'll bring you right back here. How about that? (laughs) Real old school. I don't have no chicken dinner, though. You have to have some. Hot dogs and ham, just kidding. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. What a time in our nation, God. And Father, we don't criticize our leaders. We pray for them right now. That they will get godly leadership. Make godly decisions, God. I ask that you lead them in God. Nothing happens by chance. It always shows up. Man takes us to one point, but you always bring us through the other end, God. And we just pray peace over our nation. I pray peace over everyone this morning that they'll receive your peace and your love and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I love this. There's a quote that Max Locato wrote about fear. It says this, that fear is, the, is worry's big brother. Because everything starts off with a worry, and then it turns into fear. And we see so many things in the Bible talking about fear. And there's a scripture in there that as 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And this is the Apostle Paul encouraging Timothy. Now you got to recognize Timothy was a young pastor in a hard city, in the city of Ephesus. It's like a young pastor trying to pastor in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's the youngest guy on the staff and everyone's older than he is. He was a little timid in his ways and Paul was trying to encourage him with the scripture. And I love this because it said this, for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and love and self-control. Now I'm using the ESV version of the Bible this whole um, talk today, okay? Now some of you might have say in love and a sound mind, which means really if, cr- if you look at it, cross-references into a disciplined mind. So mind says self-control, because those are the first couple things that last thing that happens to you, or the first thing that happens to you when you go into fear, you lose self-control. When I was studying this scripture, and I was studying the Bible on this subject, I recognized when I was in Bible school, they taught us about the different books of the Bible. And they talk about the epistles. The epistles are the letters that uh, they are written to us to encourage us, to help us apply and to interpret what Christ has said in, in the Gospels. And I said, apart from us giving you the, they call this the application part of the uh, Bible. But the Gospels are they are the foundations of the Bible. Apart From this, we see three gifts here. Everyone say power. Power. Everyone say love. Love. Everyone say self-control. Let's say it again. Power, Power. love, Love. and self-control. Power, Power. love, Love. and self-control. And I love the word he says he gives us. Not a spirit of fear. God gives, give, gives to, good gifts to us. And I see those three gifts power, love, and a sound mind. I call that the three-in-one factor because it's all summed up in the person of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us these things, power, love, and self-control, but To enact all that, our relationship with Christ must be paramount. I call it the three-in-one. I could not give you a message on just those ingredients without giving you a message on our foundation of our very faith, Jesus Christ. Because Christ is the one, through salvation, who gives us the strength to get through anything, who gives us the Holy Spirit, who gives us peace, who gives us all those things now, the world will give you, and have we walk around and with the spirit of fear, we'll see that fear is a spirit, but it's also a definition of it is, is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain, whether the threat is real or imagined. And what today, I can understand, and I put some things there, economy, failure, loneliness, but I can recognize today there's some of you sitting out here now if you're drawing money from Social Security, you might have a fear factor about receiving your check this week. Those of us in the military, those retired, can be a little fear factor looking at the news that we might not receive our paychecks. Those who might have received a bad diagnosis, and it brings you fear of what God's going to do or how am I going to get out of this. We all have reasons to fear because it's an emotion. It's hard to get away from unless we can have faith with it. But everyone here can identify with the word fear because we feel threatened. And right now, our nation's been feeling threatened. If I, I can recognize over the last 10 to 15 years, See, there's a quote I wrote down. Fear makes us live a reactive life, and faith enables us to live a proactive life. I recognize since 9-11, September 11, 2001, before uh, 9-11, we know when the World Trade Centers got hit. We were a nation who were leading, who were very proactive in a lot of things. And we were cutting, cutting technology, and we were leading out in science. We were leading out in a lot of things. But something turned on that day. We've become more reactive as a nation. We spend all our resources on that which is going to protect versus that which is going to move forward. And something happened with the church. We used to be the ones that went out and that fear any evil, and now we're hunkering down to make sure we don't lose anything. I told my wife, it's the first time I've heard in the space race that we have nowhere else to go after the shuttle retired. We always let out in that, but we're taking all our finances and we're putting it in so we can protect one another or protect ourselves from some perceived enemy. And that's what terrorism does. It puts you on the reactive. Fear puts you on the reactive. But faith puts you on the proactive. You step out in faith because you know you're Jesus and you know your God is strong. And he is with you and he lives inside of you. With fear, you step back and say, I hope I don't lose anything. With God, you say, I'll give out everything. And that's what has has been saying this last few years. I'm old enough to see it now we live life in the reactive zone versus the proactive zone. Now, there's different types of fears that I mentioned in the Bible. One is called Delia, and in Greek word, Delia, delia, yeah, delia which is what Timothy's talking, we talk about in 2 Timothy being a timid, being cowardice, very fearful. Second one is a healthy fear I like this one, very healthy field, called Yara, Yara in the Greek. And it means this, that it's a healthy, you have an, um, a respect. Like we said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You have a healthy reverence for the Lord. You have a healthy respect from the Lord. Let me give, give it to you plain. You do not want to put your hands in fire, do you? Because you what? You respect the fire. You will live longer if you don't put your hands in the fire. Because you respect, you have a healthy fear for fire. The same way we have a healthy fear for the Lord. There's a last one called Phobos, where we get the word phobia that's mentioned in the Bible. And that's the one with ter- terror and dread. That paralyzes you from moving in life. The Bible says that we are to live an abundant life, not a scared life. But fear will grip you that you will not move forward. And I understand that. We're all subject to it. I want to share a story with you that can happen to you on the way home or it happens a lot in our lives, the type of um, story I'm going to share with you. About one day you're, walking, you're doing great, walking with Jesus, and the next day you're in a turmoil and you're asking Jesus the famous question, do you not care? So I want to bring the foundation of Christ into this message. Because without Christ, we can accomplish nothing. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. I know the Holy Spirit's moving because Pastor Jimmy gave you an account on the second time the disciples got in the boat. This is the first time they got in the boat. And some interesting things happen. If you read this story, it's in Mark and it's in Luke. It talks about how they followed Jesus into the boat. You know, following Jesus can be hazardous sometimes, but not really because he's always with you. Amen? Amen. Starting in verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let's, "Let us go across to the other side." And leaving the crowd, they took him took with them, took with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. I love that part right there. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And again, as Pastor Jimmy said, they were on the Sea of Galilee, about 700 feet under, under um, sea level, and, but the mountains would go about four or 500 feet under sea level. And it was, I call it a great t- West Texas storm. When the warm air hits the cold air, something's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. And these guys were in the boat with Christ, and a storm hit. But they had spent the whole day with Jesus teaching them about faith and talking about and seeing miracles. But Jesus, I love this miracle. And they heard it, and they heard it. And I think that Jesus said, okay, since you heard it on paper, you heard it through your ears, let's put it into practice and they get on the boat and it takes off and the storm hits and I can imagine the 12 disciples because we're all different saying "Um, you gonna wake them up Peter you don't wanna talk so much and John stop laying down on them you know can you understand what's going on with these guys and Matthew don't trust you to do anything because you're the tax collector (laughs) did he really say we're going to the other side did he really I don't know did he really say that one thing you can remember, when you're going through something, you have God's promise that will never change. Yes. The promise does not change due to circumstances. Good. He said, "Let's go to the other side. That's right. If he's called you out and get you to a de- he wants to take you to a destination, you will arrive there. Now he never said it's going to be smooth sailing, but he said it's going to be a great landing recognize that. But there's a question here that we all get to when we're going through fear. And this question is this God do you not care when you're wracked with fear the question always comes up and some of us are sitting in the middle of this question God, do you not care that I lost my house? God, do you not care that my child is sick? God, do you not care that I have to file bankruptcy? God, do you not care? All been there. It's a 16-year-old. God, do you not care that I lost both my parents and I'm here at 16 years old? What am I going to do? You know, he can handle that question. Do you not care that the economy is failing? Do you not care? Ain't no Jesus. I love his answers. He gave them two more questions back. What an answer. When you get into that that set, that mindset, the first thing you do, God, do you not care? First thing I did as a young teenager was blame God for everything I was going through everything and the God we serve did not kill me he loved me and he kept me on the path he has for me but some of you are sitting here this morning and that question is ringing in your mind God do you not care that my marriage is failing God do you not care that I can't get ahead One thing I wanted to pull out of the scripture, which is amazing, is this. They didn't recognize that Jesus was in the boat, sleeping. I remember when we first moved in our house five years ago, we had our first thunderstorm. And a well, of you guys don't know. Last, I guess, on Easter we got hit by lightning again. The house got hit by lightning, second time we got hit. First time we got cl- it get, we got one that came in in 2005 after we um, got into the house, and um, it came into the upstairs, scorched the upstairs uh, phone line, and uh, turned on Sterling's toy, electric toy. <laughs> so Sterling came down running. <laughs> and I'm down there rebuking. In Jesus' name, the storm, the storm. And I'm like, don't come to this house. You know, Pastor Jimmy told me that. Keep rebuking the storm. And you know what? Yeah, right. And I'm worried about the storm, and I look around looking for my better half, and she's sleeping. <laughs> Never heard a thing. Never heard a thing. Every time there's a thunderstorm, she's sleeping. <laughs> Jesus said, you know something? If there's things going on in your life, if I'm with you, because she told me, what am I going to do? If we're going to go, we're going to go with God anyway. <laughs> Jesus says this, and I say this. If Jesus is sleeping, if he's not worried, don't worry. Yeah. If he's sleeping, because God, don't you He had to wake up and take care of some things. But one thing you can recognize, if you're a Christ follower, and you got to know the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is always with you. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's always, always with us. Right. Always. Yeah. He's always in control. Again, he was sleeping. You think he didn't know about the storm coming? He knew about it. Now, you might get nervous that Jesus, if we read the story, and Jesus jumped, uh, jumped up and jumped off the boat. Then there's a problem. But no, he's always with us. He's always in control, and he'll never fail to act. He will never fail to act on your behalf. Those guys did the right thing, and they had an emotional moment. Do you not care? And he says, where's that faith? Why are you so afraid? Church, look at me. America, look at me. Why are we so afraid? (laughs) What are we afraid of? We have the promise. We have this power. We have love and a sound. We have everything, the three gifts, but you know, a lot of us don't unwrap the gifts. We leave them just packaged up and then we go through worry, we go through fear without opening up the packages that Jesus has given to us. Think about it. What are we so scared about? I read this down, I wrote this down. Unbelief activates fear and faith activates peace. One thing I recognize is when I don't have an answer that I think I should have right away because my timing's way off God's timing, he always seems to give me, he doesn't change the situation, he just changes me. Because I recognize all the things that are happening to me is not external. Most of it is internal. So when he changes something first, he he changes me through peace, through the situation. And then when I'm walking in peace, sometimes I don't even recognize when the situation changes. Because I'm walking in peace. I love this. In John 14, 27, he talks about that peace. Again, the word give. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He will not have to change the situation. He just changes us. See, D.C. and Washington, it's not going to change. Only through us praying. But I tell you what, I'm changing from the inside out. I'm changing to be more Christ-like in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the fears. One thing I recognize in the military, spending time in the military, whenever you went to survival school, I went to water survival, you always... They always ask you what your greatest fear is. And people think if you put that thing down on the paper, that automatically you're you're going to be out of that situation. No, they write it down, and they put a special helmet on you and said, he's the one. I remember mine was afraid of heights. Phobia. Afraid of heights. you afraid of heights, young man? Yes, sir, I'm afraid of heights. That means I'm going to get the low boat. No, they took me and put me on about three stories high. Strapped it up and they rolled me out while the boat's flying. I'm I'm flying like this, whoa! He says, "Look at me, look at me. Are you ready?" And before he said "ready" and got the Y out, I was hitting the, hit the water. So guess what? Fear had no. T- I think I lost the fear on the way down. <laughs> then they drag you, and suck water. How you doing, young man? Get on your back. Get on your front. And he said, ha, because you, you didn't do it right. Do it again. Did it three times. I had no more fear. No more fear phobias about heights because they make you face your fears. Sometimes our guy is so awesome, he'll make you face your fear. My, one of my greatest other fears was this, Speaking talking publicly to people. And here I am talking publicly to people. Why? The power of the Holy Spirit. Peace. is one other thing he gives you. See in the midst of that storm there was peace. He rebuked the wind. And they had a, a fear come upon them. But they had the right fear come upon them. They had the healthy fear. They respected the one who created the ocean can stop the ocean. Can I help you with that? The one who created the world can change the world. On, good. He has the blueprints for everything. Why are we so afraid? He calls us to live an abundant life, to launch out and find those who don't know Jesus. And he says, it's all yours for the taking. But he says, why are you so afraid? And I love the healthy fear because they recognize, oh, this is the one we've been waiting for. And here's another revelation. The same thing Jesus did to the storm, we can do on a daily basis. same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us. Sometimes you just have to stand up and say, I had enough. Be still. Sometimes if you're walking with people who keep saying, we're we're not going to make, we're not going to make, it. you got to cut them off and say, be still. I got to find some people with faith, not with some people with fear. Because everyone now, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it. We're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Why would we die if God created the earth and said I will never destroy it again and if he owns everything I've never seen him lose anything why are we so afraid last thing is I told you about power love and their mind was set when they saw the power of God but there's one thing that I think we all have to recognize the love of God The love of God. First John 4:18. Josh, can you come up, please. Now this fear that's mentioned in this scripture is about torment talking about uh, dread, because there's a few things that we all, that we have fears about, our past, our present, and our future. And when you read this scripture, our present day life, our present day Savior, our present day Lord, that should take out all fears of the past, present, and the future. Because it says this there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love those who bow with fear have not recognized that you've been loved perfectly by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because I recognize one thing if I know I'm perfectly loved I can love relentlessly but I want to let you know some of us are worrying about judgment. Some of us are worrying about losing it. Some of us are about losing it all. And we have a Lord and Savior who will never let you down. Never stop. Good. Because he gave you the perfect love that we don't even comprehend sometimes. That's why Jesus was showing them on the boat. I got up to stop the storm for you. I got off the cross to save you. Cause I'm a, I'm called with this perfect love, have peace in my love and my joy. When you know it's a done deal, life becomes abundant. Life becomes exciting. We start to live on the proactive. Cause I've been loved perfectly, so I can give extravagantly. Think about it. Perfect love. Some of you weren't. Well, I'm such a I'm just such a retrobate. My past is holding me down. See, you got to understand. When I was cursing God, the Bible says he died for me when we were yet sinners. When I was cursing him, he was loving me. So that's wiped out. Okay, present. He is the king of the universe. That's wiped out. He has a future for you. That fear is wiped out. So we walk in the grace and the power and the love and the confidence, the confidence of our God. Because he's an amazing God, awesome king. He gives us good things, good gifts. He is our source, the all-consuming fire on our behalf. You can turn things on a dime. What are we afraid of? He calls us to walk in victory, not fear. I've been in fear. Don't want to go back in fear. Fear almost made me kill myself. as a young man. What am I going to do? Don't know. No one can answer except him. He loved me. He preserved me. The same God loves you and preserves you. minor setbacks or just a speed bump to him. It's all about going full out for our King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he went full out for us. The cross couldn't stop him. The grave couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't even touch him. Because he's our God. And he did that on our behalf no fear he says fear not because I'm here fear not he gives us great gifts and you say Pastor Rich how do I get closer to my heavenly father how do I know about my savior he gives you these great gifts who's a new who's his first time guest today I don't want to embarrass you, but who's a first-time guest today? It's yours. (laughs) Who has yet to connect? You know that first-time guest? And I'm going to give it to... Okay, um, <laughs> come here. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm gonna have her bring it to you. Must have been my hair. <laughs> we have another one. We have no one more. Okay. Here, here. Thank you, honey. Okay. Mark down Okay, I'm going to stay up here. She's talking to me. The gifts that he gives us. The very gift. To those who are believers, we have his promise and his word, which is written, the plan of God is written for us. Devotion. Then we have each other. You never forsake the assembly because when you're feeling fearful and you have fears, you run to the king and you run to your friend who knows the king. And the reason why I gave those gifts, because I wanna teach everybody the number one gift that we have that'll keep me from going into fear Is his promise, his word. Who got a gift? Can you open it and show us? Thank you. Who had another gift? Third gift. That is God's word, and I want to show, give that to you, because you see people coming on a daily basis, on weekends, Sundays, and saying how strong they look. So strong, but we know one thing: we are weak, but our God is strong. And how we recognize that is through the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you, church, don't. I mean, you can read the newspaper and keep up with the news. But this, before we were able to get away with it 10 years, 10 to 12 years ago, but now times have turned so hard that we need this word in our lives every single day. We need his presence to speak into our lives every single day. We need to hear revelation from God, not destructive news from the news. And I tell you that, you take that gift and you cherish that because that's the same gift God's given each and every one of us if you're a Christ follower you have the Holy Spirit in you every head bow can I have the worship team come up I recognized when I was going to preach this, and I came in this morning, I just recognized a spirit of heaviness on people, and I recognize the times, the times that we're in. and we talk, I talked about fear. But I want to give you a chance right now. If you've been dealing with fear and you've been racked with fear, and it's seemed to overtake your life, all heads bowed, everyone's head down, eyes closed. Why don't you raise your hand so we can pray for you? Keep them up. Still waiting. There we go. You may put them down. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I just come to you right now. I thank you. For your presence, I thank you for your love, and I thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray this morning, God, those who have come in with the mind that's been off, God, I pray, Lord, that you they will leave with a sound mind and the confidence of the Lord, God. That you are more than able, Father. It says you said by faith, uh, affirmation of faith. It said, God is able. To change every situation. God is able to bring peace. God is able to bring passage to a problem. And I thank you, God, for those who raise their hand. I right now I pray, God, that they'll not be wracked with fear, but they'll be wracked with the power from on high, Lord. The power of working miracles. The power that helps us, you know, takes us through those things, not around those things. And Father, I pray right now, just do that now, experience the love of Christ that is overwhelming. Wrap your arms around them. Let them feel secure. We pray security over them. We know apart from you, there's no security. And most of all, Lord, I ask that you give them the mind of Christ, a sound mind of confidence that say, my God is good. My God is awesome. My God is working on my behalf. And we just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.